Hey guys, welcome to Let's Fucking Talk. I'm Lauren and I've missed you so much. It's been two weeks. Um, I took a break over the holidays. I was getting my life in line. I was getting more interviews in line and brainstorming new ideas for the podcast for this upcoming year, but I am so glad to be back. Um, where did we leave off? Um, there's still some things in my life that I cannot share, but I start my life coaching certification January 26th. I'm probably going to talk about that more than anyone is interested in hearing about it, but I'm so fucking excited. And... Let's see. It's um, a new year. Uh, it is already a dumpster fire a weekend, so great. Good news for all of us, I suppose. Um, I want to say it can only go up from here, but like it keeps going down, and like when does it go up? Has anyone seen that um, girl who makes an Instagram video that she's trying to straighten her hair? And she says... I keep trying to make it go like, whoop, don't go do. You might not have any idea what I'm talking about, but that's how I feel about the year. We keep trying to make it go up and it keeps going down. But we're here. Um, I have to tell you guys a story. I was like, how the fuck do I share this with people? Do I make an Instagram story? Do I make this its own episode? But that was like a little much. But... Something happened to me that is, again, we have to assume that these fucking random things happen to me because uh, one day it'll be of use, whether it's, um, I mean, right now it's of use. It's making you laugh on my podcast. I mean, you will laugh. You're not laughing yet, probably, but. Okay, so here's what happened. I was driving. I had just picked up some chairs from a friend's house that I needed, and I was leaving her neighborhood. So I'm going all of 10 miles an hour, and I'm approaching a red light to turn left onto a main street. And this part is very hard to explain because I blacked out and everything happened very fucking fast, but there was... So I'm in the left lane getting ready to turn left. On my right side... There's one lane for right turns. So there's a truck pulled up like a little bit further, you know, like when you're making a right turn, you kind of pull out further to see who's coming. So he kind of blocked my whole view of anything happening on the right side of the world. Well, all of a fucking sudden, I'm still like rolling up to the white solid line at the light. Like I haven't even fully reached it and I'm kind of in a rolling motion and all of a sudden there is a human on a on a motorized scooter with his dog and child in tow sm- punching the hood of my car i mean ripping me a new butthole i mean cursing me out like what the fuck you're on your fucking phone i want to be very clear i was not on my fucking phone i was actually on a phone call using apple carplay and my phone was hooked up to the usb cord like in my um, cup holder. But let me explain to you. This person fucked up my mind so hard in this few minutes of punching my car, screaming, yelling, and like somehow he had gotten his scooter and his dog like truly like up under like the front of my car. Like it fully looked like I hit these people. So he convinces me that I have now hit him. He's fucking disabled. I'm like, first of all, To hit a human is really the last thing I ever wanted to do. And of course I hit the one in the goddamn electric scooter who's disabled. So I am like, I'm I'm borderline convulsing. I'm shaking so hard. And I roll down my window. 
I'm, like, afraid to get out because I'm just, like, petrified. And I'm just, like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. All I'm saying is I'm so sorry. And he's, I mean, truly, I had a random memory, like, six hours after the actual event of this thing that he said to me, which is actually very funny. He was telling me, because he was accusing me of being on the phone, and he was, like, um, obviously, judging by your Toyota Corolla, I don't drive a Toyota Corolla, to be clear. But he said, judging by your Toyota Corolla, you're obviously not some executive who has to be on the phone. So he was, like, really, like, trying to hurt me with the shit he was saying. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I truly, he fucked me up. Like, I was convinced. I was like, yes, I deserve all of it. Tell me all the mean things. And I just kept apologizing, apologizing, apologizing. And he was like, I'm calling the police. And I was like, no problem. Like, I'm staying here. And in my mind, I'm trying to think, like, you know, both my parents are retired police officers. Like, I'm very comfortable with police officers, and I know that is a absolute um, privilege for 1,002 different reasons. But I'm very comfortable with police officers, so I'm like, what is this going to be like? Like, I'm trying to think of, like, what can he charge me with? Like, am I going to jail today? Like, what happens when you fucking hit a human body? I, I don't know. So I am deceased with fear and anxiety. So I'm just trying to stay, like, as calm as possible. And first, literally, fire rescue shows up, like, with the giant fire engine. I'm like, good, 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 good. And they check out the guy, and I was shocked to hear that the guy really didn't, like, claim any injury. Um, oh, a very important note. While he was cursing me out, he kept saying, the front of your car is dented from hitting me. So that's what really convinced me that I hit this person. I'm like, oh my god, I hit him so hard, my car is dented? Like, I'm I'm dying, I'm dying. Not about my car, that I hit a fucking handicapped human being with my fucking car. So, when uh, Fire Rescue gets there is the first time... Okay, sorry, I thought I heard something, so I stopped the recording. Anyways, so when the paramedics got there is the first time I actually got out of my car, like, obviously, to talk to them. And that's when I, like, got my brain back. And I'm looking at the situation because right where I hit him, apparently, was where I parked my car. Like, I stopped my car right there, shut off my car, left it where it was. Um, And I get out of the car and I'm looking and I'm like, wait, what the fuck? I'm, like, ten feet back from the crosswalk. Like, there's a crosswalk, another three feet, that solid white line that you have to stop behind, and I'm even behind that. So I'm like, wait a second. Then I go and look at my, the damage on my car. The only part of my car that's dented is the top of the hood where he punched it multiple times. So I'm like, I did not fucking hit this person. And, like, I started remembering, like, bitch, you were there. What happened? Because all I did was let this man convince me because he was so abrupt and scary. And I'm like, I didn't fucking hit this person. I know I didn't hit this person. I was there. I did not hit this motherfucker. So I, when I'm talking to the paramedics, I'm like, I don't believe I hit him. Like, I look at everything. And he, like, stayed parked where he supposedly got hit. And he even said to the paramedics, like, she hit me right here. So I told the paramedics, when the police come, the only thing I ask of you, because when they started checking him out, they asked him to, like, roll over to where they were. No offense, he he had to roll over there. Um, so I told the paramedic that was talking to me, please make a note of to the cops that when you arrived, he he told you that he was where he got hit. Like, he did not move, and I did not move. We're six feet apart, so, um, please let me know. So, the police arrive, they come over to talk to me, and I'm like, I start telling them the story, I show him the damage on my car, and the cop right away is like, uh, yeah, the only dent you have is literally from him punching your car, not from any contact with him. So I can already kind of see they're on my side, and, like, this man is not helping himself. He's acting a goddamn fool. He's still screaming at me, and he's like, because that lady there! Like, he's lost his mind. And 
he's talking all about why he's in a wheelchair and then he sw- he flips the script real quick when the police arrive and he's like I don't have the privilege of driving a brand new car like she does I'm like you were just shitting on my car literally 10 minutes ago but okay sir and the whole time I'm just letting him abuse me because because I have two parents that are police officers I know a whole lot about how to act and not to act uh, especially if you want someone on your side. That's not even just with police, that's just with, like, humans in general. So I'm being very calm, and I'm not letting anything of what he's saying trigger me, because, again, he's just fucking making shit up at this point. He's, he's a crazy person. So he's acting a fool, and the cops are just not into him. And all of a sudden, this truck pulls up next to, like, me and the cops, and says, like, can I talk to you for a second to the police officer I'm standing with? And I'm like, oh, my God, this is a witness. And, like, at first I was freaked out because the guy wouldn't even, like, make eye contact with me. And I was standing right there. And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to say I hit this guy. So I'm listening. And the guy starts telling the cop, I was right here. I've been waiting down the street at this house for you guys to come. She did not hit him. He's literally, like rolled up on her car, like, if anything, he hit me with his motorized scooter, and started punching my car, and this guy in the truck tells the cops, get that guy's name, look it up, he has active lawsuits, uh, like, pending, because he does this shit to people, he's, like, famous in this neighborhood. So... I'm like, I'm literally saying, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, oh my god, you're an angel, I don't know where you came from, thank you. Like, I could not stop thanking this man, and I'm so regretful of the fact that I didn't get, like, his name, his number, his information, because I just want to, like, I I don't know, send him money, send him gifts, I'm just like, thank you so fucking much, because really, at this point, yes, there was some proof that I did not do anything, but it's kind of my word against this guy's word. So, witnesses are, like, the best thing that can happen to you. So, once the witness talked to the police officers, I calmed down significantly. Um, But it was just this whole thing. And then finally, the police went to tell the guy, we have a witness, um, you know, that said X, Y, Z. So, like... There's not much we can do here. What what do you want to do? Do you want to press charges against her? And the cop said, keep in mind, she can press charges against you for what you did to the top of her car. And I was so fucking happy they said that. And then the guy in the scooter was like, so nothing's going to happen here. You're just going to let that person drive away and do this again. And the cops are like, no, we're telling you you can press charges, but, like, make a decision so that we can start doing what we need to do if that's what you're doing. So inside my mind, I'm like, dude, please. And the cops told him, since there are witnesses here, we took their statements, so if you press charges, all that's going to happen is you guys are going to spend all this time and money to go to court. The witnesses are going to show up and tell the same story they told here. So you're going to encounter the same issue in court. So the guy ends up, like, having a little hissy fit and then literally just fucking goes on his merry way, rolls his ass away with his dog and his seven-year-old daughter. So again, keep in mind his seven-year-old daughter is here for this whole event where he is acting a fool and apparently throwing himself in front of vehicles, um, like, as his hobby. So, incredible parenting, incredible human all around. I currently have a vehicle with a giant dent in my hood. Like, it is no joke. Um, so, yep. That's, that's that. Um, oh, this was wild. So, I have a whoop strap, which is a heart rate monitor that goes on my wrist. It's like an Apple Watch, but better. And... I always check it, obviously, like, at the end of the day. And anytime it senses activity, it'll make, like, an activity section for the time that your heart rate was increased. And then you can add in, like, were you weightlifting? Were you running? Like, what were you doing? So I I went on my whoop strap at night to check it just to see, like, what's up? How was my day? 
And literally the entire time that I was at the scene of this event, it registered as a workout. I burnt 300, over 300 calories. So you know what? Shout out to that man. Thank you for my daily exercise where I didn't even really have to move my body. It's quite the gift. Um, and something I, obviously I came home and told some people about this incident and a common question I got, which I would like to address to you guys because it has a, a message to it. Everyone that I told this story to was like, why would you not press charges against that man? Okay, listen. If he had caused some, like, serious damage to my car that would have potentially cost me thousands of dollars, yeah, absolutely. But, at the end of the day, this is a dent. I also am blessed to know people who work in body shops. Like, it is going to be okay. And, thankfully, I am in a financial position where it is not the end of the world if I have to deal with this. And... There's just some things that aren't worth defending your ego over. And I think as a society, especially Americans, we're so like lawsuit happy, revenge happy, money happy. And it's like sometimes peace of mind has more value than any of this bullshit. If I had pressed charges against this human, a couple things. I would have had to deal with him for the next few months. Secondly... At this moment, because there was no police report written and he did not press any charges, he does not know my name. He doesn't know my license plate because he only ever stayed at the front of my car. He didn't take any pictures, nothing. So I am a ghost to this person right now. And that's how I wanted to stay. Because God forbid, if we had to, if that day I had, if this was literally yesterday, if I had written up a police report and all that, Bare minimum, he would have known my name. And this is the type of motherfucker who would wake up the next morning and be like, my neck hurts. And now I have a lawsuit that I have to deal with with this guy for the next fucking six months of my life. I'm starting a life coach certification. I have two jobs. I have a podcast. Do you think that I have time to go argue with a probably not handicapped fucker who rolls around streets trying to get hit by vehicles? No. No. The answer is no, I don't. So... It was a very good lesson in putting ego aside and thinking logically and thinking about what's best for your overall being, not just not just what's best for your wallet or what's best for your ego. So I hope you guys will take that lesson in stride. Obviously, I don't recommend that you let people just crash into your car without maybe like going through your insurance, but in this case, it just, it ain't it. I'm going to go attempt to pop out the dents out of my hood. I watched a YouTube video. If that goes bad, I'll get it fixed. It's fine. It's fine. In my reality, that man is going to get a karma that is out of this world that is so beyond anything I could ever provide to him. Maybe one day he will really get hit by a car. I don't know. I don't know what kind of miraculous things will happen, but they will. So I'm not worried. It's not for me. I am not a karma distributor. No, sir. I just go about my life. So that is my story. I just... This has nothing to do with today's episode, but I absolutely had to share that with you guys. At this point, you guys are all my homies. You guys need to know these fucking weird-ass things that happened to me. So, today's episode... So, we all know that on multiple occasions on this podcast, I have talked about organized my, oh Jesus, I'm having a stroke, organized religion and my opinions of organized religion. Um, obviously, if you've listened, I speak very strongly about people who don't, who don't challenge their own beliefs ever. And who don't accept the fact that at the end of the day, none of us know the truth of the universe. So you always have to leave like a little bit of room for the fact that anything you believe in could just be something that makes 
that brings you comfort and peace, but not anything that's like 100% proven or factual. So I've decided to spend a couple weeks talking about my beliefs and spirituality, both the negative and positive sides of it, because I can't possibly talk about my beliefs and about spirituality without giving giving it the same examination that I've given organized religion. Um, obviously, I, there is bias here. Obviously, I think spirituality and my version of it is less dangerous than organized religion, so I'm, I'm not going to speak as negatively about my beliefs because that's how they ended up being my beliefs because I think they're... Um, um, more fair, more tolerant of others, more based in actual good. But I can't sit here and claim that the crystals that I have all over my house with 100% fact work and heal me. Like, we just have to be honest about these things. Maybe the crystals just bring me comfort, and that's fine too. So that being said, on today's episode, we have Nicolette. She is a energy healer. Her and I actually did a energy clearing via Zoom um, a couple weeks back. And you'll hear more in the interview about how we kind of met and got to know of each other's existence. But the whole plan from the beginning, we kind of felt pulled to each other. So she wanted to provide me with the energy clearing so that I could have really a hands-on experience of what she does and who she is so that when I interviewed her I would have more of a background on what she does. So that's what we did and uh, she is so balanced with science and spirituality and she's so grounded and she she is such a person maybe him hitting my car with his scooter gave me brain damage like I don't know I don't know anyways back to what I was saying she is such a person who cares about the healing she provides on next week's episode you're going to hear the absolute worst parts of spirituality that I have encountered because I'm not interested in hiding those pieces from you or acting like spirituality doesn't have the, have very similar pitfalls to organized religion. Um, But she is absolutely an example of the positive side of the spiritual community and of someone who is honest and cares about the work she provides and is not interested in being a scam artist uh, the way so much of the spiritual community is. And that's just the damn truth. And unfortunately, social media is the reason behind most of the uh, shenanigans in the spiritual community currently. So that being said, next you will hear my interview with Nicolette. I hope you guys love it. I hope you guys uh, follow her after this. And that's all. Enjoy. Hi, Nicolette. Hello. How is it going? How Good. How are you? Good. You've officially experienced anchor issues with me, so you're a real guest now. <laughs> <laughs> I've finally done it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just for everyone who's listening, we connected because we have kind of a mutual friend in common who did an energy clearing with you. And, um, I'm going to talk about this in the intro, but I'm kind of doing a two part series of the good and bad of spirituality. Um, I've spent a lot of time on this podcast, kind of ripping apart organized religion, and I'm going to apply the same honesty to the version of spirituality that I now believe in and follow. So, um, I only now deal with anyone in the spiritual community if it's like basically a referral like someone I know and trust has gone to them so when our mutual friend Mackenzie talked about you and shared about you in a in a YouTube video she made um that's how I ended up following you and then you reached out and everything 
was magical since then. And you actually did an energy clearing for me, which I definitely want to get into. Um, But I want to start by letting you tell us about you. Yeah. So my name is Nicolette Metropolis. I'm from a small town in Wisconsin. I moved out to Vegas when I turned 18. I'm studying psychology still. I'm in my senior year. Um, I have a minor in human services, which is kind of what brought me into all of this. Um, It all started back when I was a sophomore in college. I actually had a friend who died from suicide, and it kind of just opened my eyes to mental health. And it made me realize that I could be helping so many different people just realize their own potential. And so I changed my major. I was a nursing major. And since then, I just got certified in energy healing um, just this past year. And I've also been doing a lot of holistic, teaching myself about holistic methods and medicine because I just felt so turned off by, you know, traditional medicine and prescribing medication. And so I was like, there's got to be something else out there. And so I did a lot of research on holistic methods and I was just kind of brought into this energy clearing by, you know, my sister brought it to me and she was like, hey, I know a friend that's going to be teaching this. And I was like, let's do it. I didn't even know what a chakra was when I started, but I was like, I just felt so called to do it. And since then I've graduated, I've started my own business doing it. So I work with clients every day and I'm also going to school to be a personal trainer because I also believe in that you should be healing the mind, body and soul, not just one or the other. And so I try to incorporate as much of that as I can. So incorporating human anatomy and nutrition is also huge. And so that's my goal right now. It's always going to be a continuous goal of learning and educating myself on different holistic methods and remedies and healing modalities because it's really endless what you can do with alternative medicine. And so that's really just where I'm at is just continuing to learn and grow and seeing what I can apply and take in and use with my own clients because we're all pretty much the exact same and so if I think about myself and do the work on myself I can realize you know what other people need and that's what I've used as a tool to continuing to continue my growth and learning about different topics. Yes and one of the reasons I trusted you so quickly as little as this might seem, is the fact that you are in school for psychology. Because um, on next week's episode, I'm going to discuss the negative side of spirituality that myself and my best friend Emery have encountered together. Uh, And the thing that made me trust you right away is that if you have a background in psychology, if you have any interest in psychology, it means you have an interest in science to some extent. And obviously there are some parts of science that you might not agree with, like you said, certain types of traditional medicine, but it just means you have some kind of a uh, logical grounding in your spirituality. And my issue with religion and the bad parts of spirituality is people who lose focus of logic and science because that does have a place obviously it might have less of a place when you're talking about energy healing or not less of a place but you have to be open to things beyond maybe typical science but it there has to be some of that in these things and anyone who doesn't believe that I'm already turned off to from the experiences I've had so when me and you spoke the first time and you told me about yourself that's why I was so willing to just jump on a zoom call with you and do an energy clearing because I was like, okay, I already trust this person to some extent just because of your background. And then now you took it a step further. So I trust you even more because you talked about the body and nutrition. And I think more than ever in the world, we're seeing how people just ignore general health. Like even with everything going on with coronavirus, I have not heard one peep from uh, national media or the government on uh, focusing on nutrition and diet during this time, on focusing on fitness during this time. It's hide in your house and get a vaccine. I'm like, oh, okay, good. Thank you. Right, right. So, yeah, and that that turned me off too completely because, you know, 
it, 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 I, as I'm learning in my personal training class, I, it, there's an obesity pandemic in America. And so the fact that we're so ignorant to it is just, it blows me away. And so I completely agree with you 100%. Yeah. And they're willing to acknowledge that it's one of the kind of leading underlying factors that cause Corona death. And they're still not addressing like the right knowledge that I've gotten on what vitamins to be taking there during this time has come from like podcasts and underground articles and videos. Like it is not ever been talked about on mainstream media news right. or anywhere else. Um, so I'm, I'm, I already, I, I more for the audience than myself, because again, I've ripped apart organized religion on here and I want to <laughs> kind of give my beliefs the uh, the same type of analysis and I think it's really important for people listening to this to know that there are so especially right now on social media so many types of supposed healers, coaches, therapists and it's so important to listen to people's backgrounds and a background like yours is really something people should be looking for. And I think it, it will result in the most positive experiences for people. Right. You make a great point, Lauren, because I think now more than ever is when they're going to be taking advantage of people. The medical industry is really taking advantage of people. And, you know, it's this society of, you come in really quick and a doctor can tell you what's wrong in five minutes and prescribe you medication. And to me, that just is, does not seem right at all because it takes me, you know, an entire session with someone to really know what's going on. And I really pour my intention into that. And for a doctor to just look at you and tell you what's wrong, I, it baffles me. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why so many times anyone who's had any kind of ailment from something small to something really severe, it takes... 35 appointments, six different doctors, and you're like, and it's, and all you're doing is repeating yourself. You're not even giving them new information. Like, it's the same thing. And they're just, they just don't listen or have the time to almost. Um, So that leads me to my first question. When me and you first spoke, you gave me kind of a, a summary of yourself and something that you said that stuck out that I knew I wanted to talk about on the podcast. Um, you made a comment about not believing in um, medicine. And I don't remember if you specifically said for mental health disorders or in general, but I want I want now to kind of dive into that with you and understand to what degree you mean that to and, you know, where where that opinion came from. Yes, yes, right. Totally. I'm going to school to be a therapist, so it will be my job to prescribe medication. But I want to use that to not prescribe medication. I believe in labeling, you know, an illness so that the person can get help. But I don't believe in, you know, just prescribing a medication like someone comes in with, you know, anxiety and all of a sudden they're taking like these really heavy drugs. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in that. I believe in. Um, you know, herbal remedies or things like that. There, Don't get me wrong. There are certain cases when prescription medication will definitely be necessary. That is definitely, I'm not saying I'm 100% against that. But what I'm against is, you know, the medical industry just sub- or prescribing medication in masses to people and, and putting them on, you know, you're taking one medication and then you're taking another one to take care of the side effects of the other medication. Yep. It's like at the end of the day, you're on 25 medications. And do you even know what they're for? I've talked to so many people that, you know, I ask them, I'm like, okay, what's this for? What's this for? What's this for? And they can't even tell me. It's like, it's almost like, you know, they're prescribing medications, but one, they're not educating their clients on what they're prescribing or really why they're prescribing it. And to me, that seems a little sketchy. There's something there that I'm like, okay, you don't know exactly what you're taking or why you're taking it, then, you know, why are you taking it? And why didn't your doctor tell you like the the details of it? Because, you know, you go to the pharmacy, you pick up your medication, they go, hey, have you ever had this before? You say, no, they literally tell you like one sentence. And so I believe in, you know, prescribing it when it's needed. You know, there's people that have panic attacks and certain things like that where it's necessary. But in other circumstances, and for the majority of circumstances, I believe that and I can feel the medical industry just 
pushing medication, just pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And the more that they push it, the less I hear about holistic remedies and the less you hear about herbal remedies or, you know, like other things that could help. You know, you never hear about someone telling you to take tea. I've never went to the doctor and had them say, oh, you have a cold no, take some tea with some honey. You know what I mean? I've never heard that. I hear, you know, we're going to give you this antibiotic for your cold. Like it just doesn't make sense. You know, we're just, we're, we're just putting, we're, we're not dealing with the actual problem. We're just dealing with the symptoms. So then the symptoms gone, but the problem's still there because you haven't dealt with the deeper rooted issue. Yes. Okay. So any hesitation I had about you is now eliminated because I was just a little bit nervous that perfect that (laughs) I was a little nervous that you wonderful no medication ever and I know you are 100% on the same page um I yes I was once prescribed medication for anxiety anyone who listens to my podcast knows the absolute tragic story behind that but long story short it was a nightmare I was almost I think you guys call it something different where you're from, but do you know the term Baker acted? No. So it's, (laughs) it's very weird. Like by state it's called something different, but it's basically a mandatory 48 hour psychiatric hold. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My medication made, made me more mentally ill. Um, But something that I have always tried to proceed with caution about is the fact that I do know people who do a combination of, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy and some kind of medication. And, and it, it's a good balance in my opinion for some people. Um, right. But yes, I think I completely agree. Yeah. And I think something that you said is really important. So this just happened um, with my aunt recently. She is taking care of my grandmother who is uh, who has Alzheimer's and dementia. So obviously she has a lot of stress. She's experiencing anxiety for the first time. She like texted me and she was like, what are the symptoms of anxiety? So uh, I was kind of talking to her about it and she was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to my doctor. And I was like, what doctor? And she said, you know, her normal physician. And I was like, for the love of God, do not walk into a physician's office and take a prescription from someone who doesn't have a background in mental health because Even a psychiatrist, obviously there's good and bad in every field, but even a psychiatrist will recommend you to behavioral therapy before resulting to medication, hopefully. Um, And what's really scary is how often normal physicians are prescribing psychiatric medications because they can. Right. And it can be dangerous for people, especially if they don't need it, because then people can get hooked on it. So that's another problem with it. Yep. And uh, when I was doing my undergrad in psychology, one of my professors at UCF was like the leading researcher in ADD. And he was telling us how one of the biggest issues he sees in Um, prescription for ADD medications like Adderall, Ritalin, etc. is that physicians are prescribing these things because, you know, a parent will take their child to the pediatrician and be like, the kid's hyperactive, doesn't stop talking in school. The doctor prescribes um, one of these medications and they're doing it based on um, like body weight, like you would do for a lot of physical medications, but that's absolutely not the way those medications work. They break through the blood brain barrier. So kids are over prescribed. So that's why you get that zombie effect. Right, right. Which is depleting on a child's entire experience growing up as well. I, And I'm glad you brought this up because I've had clients who have taken medication and have admitted afterwards, you know, I felt like my doctor pushed this on me and I didn't want to take this medication. And now I'm regretting that I took it because I think that it has a long standing effect on my brain. And so it, that's another concern. Yeah. And the fact that these small private doctor's offices get incentivized to push whatever random new medication the pharmaceutical rep comes and drops off at the office is is ridiculous because first of all that means it's a new medication and any new medication you don't fully know the side effects of and that's the thing doctors push the most um i had a friend who was going to a doctor to take um testosterone shots and randomly one day when they went to this doctor 
the doctor said, we have this fun new um, fat burner B12 shot. Imagine a fucking physician selling that to you. Like, first of all, that's trash. There's no such thing as a fat burner shot, okay? Like, please, for anyone listening, if you need right. to lose weight, that ain't it. And then this person, because you feel weird, like your doctor's like, do it. And you're like, okay, like, what the fuck? So this person, right. this person took that. And for literally a week was having horrible side effects, the nausea. If anyone's ever taken diet pills, like I have the headache, the nausea, all of that. And it's like the fucking fact that a doctor did that. Right, right. And that's it's it's almost like a fast food restaurant now. You know, you walk in, you pick the pills on the menu or your doctor picks them for you and then you walk out and and to me that, it, and I'm sure to you as well, it's just, it doesn't even sit right. No, it's bizarre. So what is your vision for what you want to do fully one day? I know you're doing your business with your energy healings. And then how are you going to marry that with your degree in psychology? Do you plan on getting your doctorates? I'm just interested in like what your vision is for your ultimate practice, essentially. Right, right. Yeah. I would love to get my doctorate one day. It's always been a goal of mine. And I'm sure I will do that, especially with psychology. I just feel it's so applicable to everything in every situation. And, you know, I I love this realm of holistic health. And my goal one day would be to have a facility and to have to offer, you know, personal training, nutrition courses, um, like a meal plan, a diet plan for people. And obviously, you know, not all people are the same with their diets. Some people need different levels of, you know, meat and all these different things for their different specific body types. And so offering that and um, I want to officially or um one day become, you know, certified in breath work. That's next on the list. And yoga training is also very important to me. My sister and I are already doing this business together. She's a registered yoga instructor. So we, I kind of do the energy portion while she does yoga, but it would be nice when I can do both. And so eventually one day we just want to have like a one-stop shop for all everything holistic you could ever imagine. I even want to have, you know, spiritual retreats in a different country. Um, and honestly, just getting as many people on board as possible. And I know it's not, you know, feasible for everybody to be at this facility at once. So eventually I would love to have an app as well where everyone can just be tuned in and plugged in and focus on not just one, not just the mind, not just the body, not just the soul, but all three, because I feel in today's society, that's what we're really missing. I feel like we always just pay attention to one thing. Usually it's the physical ailment, but what most people don't realize is the physical ailment is just a, um, you know, that's just only coming out because of the the soul that's being affected or the mental that's being affected. And so I always say like your body will comment or it'll whisper it'll comment and then it'll scream and so when you're having a physical problem that's your body screaming and so it's really my my goal to catch the whisper I've always said that it's it's something I really take seriously and I want everybody to realize their own potential and um, creating a space for people to do that whether it's through an app or a facility or a place people can come to and feel safe and heard and seen at that is my end goal I am um, falling in love with you actively. Um, oh my gosh, I love you. I'm so happy to be here. Um, you are just incredibly intelligent and thoughtful and something that you, basically a message that I got in everything you were saying is how much you care about giving a a real full scope version of helping a person and Again, in this world of social media, it's really frightening. And this is something I've also talked about on a recent episode. I am getting my life coach certification. And I've been told by more than one person who is a life coach in quotes, oh, I'm not certified. You don't need a certification. Just because something is not legally mandated, because right now the coaching world is not um, like mandated in that way, like, like the way therapy is, it's a little bit different. Obviously, with therapy, you have to be licensed. You know, there's organizations and associations that you have to belong to. That's not like that for the coaching world. And 
people are, I think, taking advantage of that. And okay, yeah, it's cool that I could change my title today on Instagram to life coach and start taking clients tomorrow. But how could that feel good to you if your whole intention behind being a coach or whatever you want to be in your version, um, if your goal is to help, how could you do that and not learn as much as possible? Like you literally mentioned four different types of things that you want to get certified in. Not You didn't say, oh, I want to read um, a book about breathwork and then I'm going to do breathwork classes. Like, no, you literally are going to spend your money because every certification requires money and time. And you're going to be the best version of someone who can truly help someone. And I want to scream that at the top of the mountains for anyone who is looking for any kind of spiritual or physical healing. Please pay attention to what people claim to be experts in. And ask to know what their background is because it's really frightening how many people on Instagram are kind of seeing that you can claim to be anything. And if you make good Instagram posts, people will come to you. Like it's frightening. And I'm so overjoyed to hear how serious you take all the different things you want to help people with and all the different treatment plans and routes that you want to be an expert in to help people. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I think you make a great point because I think it just shows the difference in level of commitment and passion and just dedication to what you're doing. If someone's certified in it, you know, they've taken that extra step. It's something they're really passionate about. And when they're passionate about it, it'll pour through in their work and it'll be obvious. But if they're not, if they're just, you know, adding and trying to add another thing to their Instagram bio, like you said, then that'll show as well. And you'll be able to feel that. And I, something I've always tried to really focus on is my passion. And I try to always just lead with passion. And this has been something, you know, I pray about every day is just being a vessel to help people. And I don't heal people, they heal themselves. I just provide that space for them to do so. And so it's really important that people can feel that I'm not doing this for the money. I'm not doing this for people to recognize me. I'm doing this because I want people to recognize the the power that they have within themselves because it's it's honestly really disappointing how many people don't realize it. And especially in a society today where we're really hurting in a year that we've just had, people are really hurting. And now more than ever is when people need to realize their potential because we are transcending to a whole nother dimension. And the more people we can get on board, the better. Yeah. And it's truly my worst nightmare as someone who is, who's always known that their calling is to help people, but I have just been trying to figure out through which route. It is my nightmare to have a vulnerable person come to me and me lead them down the wrong path. So I I would never start any kind of treatment for anyone until I was certified in whatever, which way I could be in whatever form of healing I apply. Like, it's just it blows my mind. So right. I'm so thankful for you and what you're doing. Um, so, right. And it's something, it's so vulnerable. It's like, how could you not, you're taking people in their biggest, like emotional trauma. Like, how could you not, you know what I mean? It's, it's so important for me to like know what I'm doing because this isn't about me. This is about other people. And I, and I think like thinking of it that way, you know, thinking about it in the sense of this is for other people, it's just made me so much more committed. So thank you for recognizing that. I really appreciate it. I absolutely love doing this work. Yes. Now let's get into the work you do. So again, you did an energy clearing for me. Um, I want to hear, I obviously know what was happening on my end. And for anyone listening, I was on a Zoom call on my laptop and I was laying in the dark so not much going on on my end but I want to know what your process is what you were doing like what does this all entail especially for someone who's listening to this who has no idea what the fuck we're talking about (laughs) 
Right, right. Yeah, it's honestly a new thing to most people, you know, energy healing, it was even new to me. So I totally get it. So what I typically do is I will set up on zoom and I'll have you get in a comfortable space, have you dim down your lights, and then I will lead you through a guided meditation, which I did, I usually use sound therapy as well. It's very important for me to stimulate as many senses as possible, you know, sounds, um, you know, if it was in person, it would be a little bit different, but um, essential oils, if you have any things like that, so you can really stimulate all of your senses. And so it just puts you in a really relaxing state, calms you down. And so while you're, while I'm leading you through a guided meditation, what I'm doing is I'm one calming you down, first of all, because it's, it actually blows my mind how you can walk into a doctor's office or a therapist's office and it, they expect you, you're coming right out of your nine to five and they expect you to, you know, share how you feel and your thoughts and things. But what I've realized is it takes, you know, like almost a meditative state or a more relaxed state for people to open up and be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so that is what I'm doing in that first session, section of the session is getting you relaxed and so you feel comfortable. And so while you're doing that, I'll lead you through a, a meditation and then and for the rest of the time, I, I turn up the volume of I play sound healing frequencies that send, you know, your body vibrates at different frequencies, all of the chakras vibrate at a different frequency. So these sounds are just very therapeutic and healing. And so you're very comfortable. And while you're laying there, I tap into your energy and I can feel in my body. Um, what you're feeling in yours. And, you know, some healers are different, but how I do it is I can feel in my body. And so it might uh, prompt me to ask questions, but a lot of the times I will just jot, jot down notes and then talk about it at the end because a lot of things come through to me. And so it's important that I don't interrupt the process and just let it all flow and kind of take down notes and then talk about it all at the end. And so you know, sometimes I might have to ask you, though, a question or something I'm feeling because we store emotions in our fascia and sometimes they won't release until we talk about them. And especially if a person has been dealing with it for a long time or it's so buried in their subconscious, you know, it's important that I bring it to light and so that they can become aware of it because a lot of our problems will solve and dissolve themselves if we just become aware. Self-awareness is literally the key. It's something I learned very on in psychology, something I've seen over and over with my clients is once you become aware, your subconscious will do the work itself. Our bodies have an innate ability to heal. And once we, you know, ignite that ability by being aware of it, it can just do itself. And so I'll just feel the energy. I usually lay down and just really tap in. I can usually feel, you know, if someone has anxiety or sometimes words or phrases or pictures or different things come to my head, different um, sounds, sometimes smells, it really just depends. And it depends on the client and what they're feeling. And so at the end of the session, um, I'll either do breath work. So sometimes I have a breathing exercise that if someone has really bad anxiety or a lot of emotional storage, it's very important to do breath work to release that energy, because the fastest way to move energy is through breath work. So sometimes that happens. Sometimes if a client has a very big fear or something that they really struggle with, um, for example, I have a lot of clients that struggle with anxiety. I'll do a emotional freedom technique tapping on them. And I know Lauren has talked about this in her podcast prior about emotional freedom technique tapping. And that's something that is so beneficial because it taps on the meridian lines, which is where a lot of emotions store. And it really releases all and drains those emotions out of your body and can last weeks. That feeling can last a long time. And so it's very beneficial for people with, you know, depression, anxiety, or a very big fear. And it could be about anything. And so I will, I will talk about the session. Sometimes I'll do some more things like breath work or EFT. And sometimes I'll pull tarot cards. It's really just whatever I feel called to do. And um, I really just, every session is different. Sometimes I use tuning forks. That's another thing I like to do. And it, it really just depends on the client and what they need. Are you there? 
Yes. Did you lose oh, me? Just for a second, but I think we're good. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, that that's pretty much everything that I do in my sessions. Um, it's it's all intuitively led, so you know every session is different. Um, sometimes I don't do breath work at all. Sometimes I, you know, spend thirty minutes doing breath work. It really just depends what I feel for the client. Awesome. Now I want to tell people some experiences that stood out to me when we did our healing together, so that because unfortunately this is something that. Uh, can so frequently be taken advantage of and there are so many people claiming false things and I know people are very skeptical and I want to preface this by telling everyone next week you will hear all of my spiritual horror stories and understand that I am very skeptic so I did not go into this blindly trusting you or blindly trusting anything that would happen but I was just more open to it being that we had a mutual connection. Um, but a couple of things that really stuck out is um, at the end, like you mentioned, when you kind of went over what you felt and what, you know, you could feel from me from the session, you said two things that really stuck out. One I said to you and the other one I just didn't say. I was in a very like trance-like state, so I just didn't feel like talking a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> the first thing was during the guided meditation, you there's a piece of the guided meditation where um you basically ask me to envision like light moving through my body. And when that part was happening and you you break it down by like body part literally. So when we got to the chest area the visualization I had in my brain was that my chest was made of cement and the light was like breaking it um that wasn't a well thought out plan I that's literally just what happened in the moment and I am dealing with a very stressful situation currently in life and a lot of anxiety so I feel it all in my chest so obviously that's why I had that visualization at that time in the meditation and at the end, when me and you talked, you said, yeah, it felt like there was bricks on my chest, which, like you said, you feel what I feel in your body. So you were just feeling what I was feeling. And I was like, okay, very good. So like, those are the <laughs> little moments that kind of prove to you that something is happening here. <laughs> and Right, right. And then the second thing was, you mentioned, um, you were like, oh, you should also massage like the bottom like the ball of your foot in the middle I I sent something there rub that out whatever and literally I had a huge splinter right where you were pointing <laughs> yeah yeah so it's crazy and sometimes I'm like I don't even know why I'm saying this or if this makes sense to them but I'm just gonna say even though I probably sound like a weirdo yes <laughs> but every time every time it makes sense to them so yep so literally I had a huge splinter in my foot that I had gotten literally that morning like you could not have it was literally the exact spot on the foot and you're like something that's so funny I didn't even know that until now yes that's the part that I just kept to myself <laughs> and I was like I have things to say but I'm too tired <laughs> <laughs> now hey then I did my job you were too tired that's perfect yes, exactly <laughs> now I, again, want to examine my own beliefs the way I so harshly examine organized religion. And for anyone who's listening to this who's still like, what the fuck are we talking about? What do you mean you feel her feelings in your body? Is there an explanation that you have for people who are less... Obviously, I'm already open to this. You do not have to explain that to me. I was like, okay, got it. Perfect. The only things I... <laughs> I doubt the individual person doing it. I do not doubt what is actually happening if the person is truly having the right intentions and doing the right thing. Um, but for someone who really is like not knowing what we're talking about, how do you explain to that type of person what you mean by this energy healing and chakras and feeling my body and your body? What's, what is the way you explain that to someone who's way less open than we are? Right, right. Quantum physics. I fell into a hole of quantum physics and 
it really brought me to, you know, how is this possible? Like, how is that possible? Right. But what I found is that we're all capable of doing this. We are all capable of this because we are all made up of energy. And that's science. That's what you talked about, how there is some scientific, you know, something to it and it's because we're all made up of energy and if we're all made up of energy then we can all feel energy and if you don't understand what I'm saying here that's totally fine because I used to be like you I didn't I couldn't feel anything and I was like what do you mean you can put your hand on someone and feel their like what's going on in their life like no way right and so it just takes practice you have to really really practice and you have to really use your intention and I think that when you use intention with anything you know you can you can do it and so just like with anything else you know we're all unlimited beings and we're capable of absolutely anything but the only reason we believe we're not is because society told us we can't and so we can all feel energy and it's something that we all have it's like uh it's one of our senses you know they say there's only five but I don't believe that and so feeling energy is one of them you can start small by, you know, feeling your body and just really meditation's honestly the easiest way because what meditation does is it slows you down long enough where you can actually just pay attention to how your body feels. And once you can slow down enough to just pay attention to how your body feels, you can feel energy. But most people are in this, you know, go, 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 go kind of mentality that we don't slow down long enough to feel our own energy. And so we're not even like present enough to know what it feels like. So that way, like when we put our hand on someone, we don't feel it because we don't even, we've never experienced it, right? So we don't know unless we've experienced it and you can't experience it until you slow down long enough to do so. And so I would highly recommend, you know, if this is something you're interested in, slow down, become more present, start with a flower, sit outside and just look at it and you can feel its energy. You know, you don't have to start with yourself. You can start with nature. That's the best and easiest place to learn. I feel like I've learned so much about energy just going on drives and being out in the mountains or going on a hike. And I think that when you just slow down and you do things like creative expression and things like that, things that allow you to be present, you know, certain sports make you feel that way too, where you're, you know, like golf, you're so concentrated that you become so present, right? And so you can feel energy a lot more. And so my piece of advice to you would to just be, be more present and slow down and just really become aware of whatever it is that you want to feel. If it's, you know, animals are also a great start. So if you have a dog, you should just start feeling your dog and like rubbing it. And when you rub it, put the intention of love and you'll notice the dog's energy will shift. And I think that the more that you incorporate that into your life very slowly and just become more aware of it, like I said, self-awareness is the key to everything. Once you do that, you'll start to feel the energy and you'll be like, whoa, what is this? Because now I feel like I'm at the point where like sometimes I'll lay down and I'm like just vibrating and I will literally think to myself like, whoa, I never used to feel like this, like ever, like laying down. I would never feel this. I wouldn't even know what this feels like. Yep. And Again, I love that you literally answered my question by saying quantum physics. Um, when I <laughs> when I first started, I just know what it's like to be skeptical. And I'm so harsh on organized religion that I can't sit here and be like, yeah, crystals, energy clearing, and then explain nothing about it. Because I sound just as batshit crazy as the people that I judge. So um, when I was first learning about spirituality, because I've already talked about this on here like to death at this point but for your knowledge I went to a Catholic school my whole life I was obviously Catholic then I became violently atheist and then I eventually graduated to spirituality when I found something that made me feel actually safe and comfortable um and when I first started learning about energy someone said something really basic to me and it kind of helped break that skepticism that like this is some kind of voodoo magic because it's really not um if we all had extra special glasses that gave us incredible vision, we could all see energy waves all day. Obviously, thank God we don't see that because I imagine it would be nauseating. But literally, if someone near you is angry, they are let, or in any state, if they're happy, if they're just, if relaxed, 
energy waves are literally physically coming off their body. This is science. This is not magic. You can literally, right. you could see it if our eyes would allow it. So it's a literal wave of something, an energy wave, just like there are sound waves and you hear there's energy waves that you can feel. So I want to explain that to people for anyone who is still doubting anything that you're saying. It is actually incredibly scientific and where it gets more spiritual is simply your vulnerability to it. Right, right. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, Everything emits energy. And even, you know, words emit energy. Love has the highest vibrational frequency. And the lowest vibrational frequency is hate. And so just saying those words emits an energy and gives off a frequency. So uh, you couldn't have said it better. Yes, so I want people to know where to find you, um, what services you're currently offering, um, what that looks like for people who are obviously not in the area with you. Right, yes. So I do do tarot card readings right now virtually. I record a video and send it to you if you want to purchase one of those. I do small, medium, and large spreads. I also, more importantly, and like the majority of my work is energy healing. So I do do virtual appointments, which is what you experienced and what we talked about here. They're an hour each, and they're, they're honestly just until you experience it really it's hard to even explain to people and I think that once you do experience it it's like whoa okay now I get it but until then it's really kind of it's that skepticism that kind of surrounds this because of you know how people have talked about it and things like that and I also do in-person energy healings um but I am in Las Vegas, so if you're in the area that's perfect for you if you're not virtual is where it's at it's also equally as good it's wonderful and so those are the main services I'm offering right now Um, but eventually I'm you know I'm always adding more I'm continuing my education so I'm like always putting out more stuff I'm always trying to see how I can help people in different ways or in other ways because I know energy healing just doesn't sound great to everyone so I'm trying to you know come up with other things that is less skeptical for some people For people that are not as open, but also really want the healing. Awesome. And what is your Instagram or do you have a website or anything like that where people can reach you? Yes. Websites coming very, very soon, actually very soon. Um, But that will be linked on my Instagram. My Instagram is Nicolette OXO. And do you want me to spell it? Yes, please. Okay, perfect. So it's going to be Nicole T-T-E-O-X-O. I know that sounds super confusing. I'm going to spell it the whole thing. It's N-I-C-O-L-E-T-T-E-O-X-O. Yes, amazing. I literally cannot wait to continue to follow you as you grow in this. Um, I want to do a tapping session with you, but that's something yes, about later. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Um, again, you are an example of someone who uses healing very practically but also very safely and you understand the gravity of what you are dealing with and you understand the state that people often are coming to you in um so thank you so much for taking that very seriously yes oh my gosh lauren thank you so much for having me i was so happy to be here oh this was wonderful thank you thank you thank you absolutely i adore you and we will talk soon Perfect. Thank you so much.